This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. As I am taught the Word of God, my life is changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. We're in this series, Miracles of the New Testament, and we're at miracle number seven, Jesus cleanses a man with leprosy. One of my fathers in the faith, Fred Price, taught us that when we read the Bible, we should look for patterns and principles. And he said, once you see a pattern, once you see a principle in the Word of God, you can implement that principle over and over and over again. And once you implement that principle in your own life and get an answer, well then, your faith rises your confidence rises, and you have confidence that God's Word is true, and you come to know that God's Word works for anyone who will take time to work the Word of God. Now, I'm, I'm being a little distracted here by the Holy Spirit, so it's better to follow Him than follow my notes, I know that. So we're going to deal with this wonderful miracle. They're all wonderful. I love them all. And then when, when you hear me speak on these miracles, inevitably, you'll say to yourself, well, I've heard that before. I've heard him say that before. Well, because what in the world do we have to talk about but Jesus? And so we've been talking about Jesus all of these years. So, of course, you know, we've dealt with this miracle, I don't know how many times in uh, the history of the church, 39 and a half years. So, of course, okay, but this poor man, didn't know anything. He had no faith. He heard about Jesus. But that's not who you are. You are born again. I'm just going by, you know, the bulk of the crowd. You know Jesus. You know the Word of God. So you have a part to play. So I'm on the phone Friday, and I mean... A pain hit my right foot. And, you know, I nearly said to the person, uh, hang on a minute. But I thought that'd be rude. So, you know, I mean, I'm like, and I'm talking on the phone. And then I, Sue's in my office and I get off the phone. I said, I'll be right back. Well, I just go through the house and I'm just telling Satan. I curse your every work in my body. Now, listen, I'm going to give you the answer right here. You've been waiting on it. Colossians 2, 15. Jesus made an open show and spectacle of him on Calvary's cross. Jesus, one translation says, Jesus put to naught every work of Satan on Calvary's cross. Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who's hung on a tree. And so I just walk out in the midst of the you know, family room and, uh, and I'm just telling Satan, take your hands off my body. And, and it, the pain goes away. I go back to my office. Well, then I'm on the phone again. And while I'm on the phone again, man, you know, 
pain in my right foot. Now, now, if you're a new person, you might say, well, you ought to go see a doctor about that. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? They're, they're, they're gonna, what are they going to do? Take my foot off? What are they going to do? You know what they're going to do? They're going to give me a pill with 13,000 side effects. And then when I go back and I say, well, I got 13,000 side effects, they're going to say, well, here's another pill we got for that. And then I'm going to find out that pill's got 12,000 side effects. So, you know, it just seems easier to me to deal with Satan event by event and run him the hell out of my life. Amen. Amen. And so the second time, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, Ooh, and I get off the phone. And, and uh, so I, I tell Sue, I'll be right back. I go walk through the house. Colossians, listen. My brothers and sisters in the Lord, my beloved, I am 67 years old and I lift my hand and I testify that Colossians 2.15 and Galatians 3.13 have never failed me, not one time. Amen. Now, I didn't always know. I wouldn't even think about it. I'd give a gift of a million dollars today if I could have what I just said to you teleported back to me 30 years ago because I bear things in my body that I, because I didn't know. But now I know, so I'm going step by step. I got a list, and I'm, I'm going back, and I'm reclaiming territory that Satan previously took from me. Can you see that? But once I came into this revelation, from that point forward, he's not, he's not successfully landed any more beachheads in my life. Because this is what he does. Because he's cruel. All right, now I see new folks. Well, how do you know that worked? How do you know, how do you, well, because I ran him out once, pain stopped, comes back, run him out again, pain stops. If it weren't a spiritual battle, why would that work? Amen. Now, now I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm going by what I'm hearing. So I'm leaving the house this morning, you know, I mean, I get all, I didn't, I didn't get shaved, but I got all, you know, I got all, you know, dressed and blow dried, and I'm walking out to come see you, good folks, and it comes back into me. And I, and I just said, I don't have time, stop. I'm on my way to church. I said, Oh, no, you don't. We dealt with that the other day. Hands off. And I just go about my business, pain gone, no pain. Amen. Amen. Say that, lift your hands, say, Thank you, Father God. I'm not like this poor leper. I'm a child of yours. I have a covenant. I have rights. I have come to knowledge of those rights. And I am exercising my rights. Now, what was that other thing you wanted me to deal with? Oh, so we, we, we pray for you. But you can have a wrong mindset. Let's see what happens. Or, <laughs> you know, we lay hands. I don't even know how many 
hundreds of thousands of times I've laid hands on people. Sometimes you feel nothing. Sometimes you feel the power of God, but you can't go by that. And the reason is because a lot of what happens happens after the person goes away. What are they saying now? What are they saying now? Oh, that's it. Thank you. You're so wonderful. When Jesus fasted 40 days, Satan came to him to tempt him. And we're talking about Jesus, the son of God. So how did Satan, how did Jesus get, how did, how did Jesus run Satan off? He quoted the word to him. How many times did Jesus have to quote the word to the devil to run the devil off? Three. Three. My dear brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, if the son of God himself had to whip the devil with the word of God three times to get him to leave, why would you think that you're going to have to, you're going to be able to get away with less? Amen. And then the Bible specifically says that the devil left him until a more opportune time. And so don't, don't be discouraged if you successfully run the devil off on Sunday and then he thinks Monday's a more opportune time because you have the tools in your toolbox with Colossians 2.15 and Galatians 3.13 to run him off. He, he, he's like a dog, you know, it's just like a dog. You know, he comes sniffing around. Or so we, two houses ago, we had a cat, next door neighbor's cat dumped in our shrub bed by the front door. Oh my gosh, what a smell. Then, you know, that cat would go out and eat God knows what and then come dump at our house. Uh, this is the way Satan is. He just thinks he's just going to come and dump by your front door. So you have to deal with him occasion by occasion. And while we live in these houses of flesh, we are not going to ever come to a place where we are permanently rid of him. So we have to gird up our loins. We've got to put on the armor of God. And we have got to have the mindset that Jesus made an open show and spectacle of him on Calvary's cross and that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And so we become the policemen of our lives. We are the enforcers of the word of God in our lives. Can you see that? And if, if, if Satan waited for a more opportune time to harass the son of God, we would be silly. We would be foolish to think he's not going to come back and see what we're going to buy tomorrow. So as long as we live in these houses of flesh, we have to be on guard. Like Peter said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Tell your neighbor, he ain't devouring me. Tell the neighbor on the other side, he ain't devouring me. Now we have time this morning, or we did before I went off on my side journey. But you know, a lot of times we get as much out of a side journey as we do the main message. So before we get to Matthew, let's look at Mark and Luke. Go to Mark chapter 1, verse 40. And this is a very early miracle. 
because, of course, we're in Mark chapter 1, verse 40. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees. Can you picture it? It must have been incredibly moving. And I, I dare say there's nobody in the room except Sue that has seen leprosy. There was a leper used to sit outside the post office in Nairobi. It's a horrifying disease. And we looked it up. Amazingly enough, it's a virus. And uh, now, I think it was after World War II, they can arrest it with antibiotics, but of course the damage can't be repaired. That's why the leper colonies are closing slowly. There used to be one in Louisiana. Uh, there used to be one in Hawaii. Over time, they're closing because they, even though they can't cure leprosy, and of course they can't restore the damage done, they can arrest it with antibiotics. But in those days, it just ran its course. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees. What is leprosy? The Holy Spirit's saying to me to explain it. It eats away at the extremities of your body. It eats away at your ears. It eats away at your nose. Your fingers disappear. Your toes disappear. And all of your skin all over your body becomes deformed. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, how in God's name do preachers miss this? How in God's name can we be 2,000 years from the, 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 the birth, the ministry, the death, burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and people still out here teaching that sometimes it's the will of God to heal, and sometimes it's not the will of God to heal. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion. Say it out loud. Filled with compassion. Say it again. Filled with compassion. See, there's two big lies that Satan's peddling all the time. All the time. Number one, that in the history of the world, nobody's gone through what you're going through right now. And, and that nobody, nobody cares and nobody loves you and you're on your own. I mix the two lies together. That that. Nobody's ever gone through this before, and then also that you're on your own. Well, first off, man's been on this planet for thousands of years, so whatever I'm going through, I'm sure somebody else has gone through. And secondly, I am not ever alone because he said, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. The Bible says in the book of Acts, in him we live and move and have our being. Listen to me now. Some, let's take another side journey. Austin's worried. Let's take another side journey. <laughs> In him, we live and move and have our being. Listen to what I'm about to say. It'll change your life. God's power is present at all times, everywhere. Amen. Say it out loud. God's power, God's power is, present is present at all times, at all times. everywhere. everywhere. See, in Jesus' day, to get a miracle, they had to go to him. They had to find him. That's why the crowds followed him. But, but we are after the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we are after the coming of the Holy Spirit of God. So we're in a different era. So in this era, the power of God is present for the healing of the sick. The power of God is present everywhere at all times. Now, when we get to the woman with the issue of blood, this is going to become crystal clear, or it should. Because she accessed his power, and it was not by an act of his will, or volition that she was healed. Amen. She tapped him. She tapped him. 
she tapped the power of God without an act of Jesus' will or volition. How did she do it? He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Now think of the advantage we have because we're not in the age of Jesus per se, the, the physical three and a half years of his ministry on the earth. We are in the age of the Holy Spirit of God and God's spirit <clears throat> and God's power are present everywhere at all times. But see how much we're see how much we're leaving undone. See how much we're leaving. See how many blessings we're leaving behind because God's power is present at all times everywhere. But are we tapping that power and that presence? How do we do that? By faith. How did she do it? By faith. Amen. Because see. We want somebody else to do something. That's, and that's really the bottom line of all of it. We want somebody else to do something. We want somebody else to have faith. We want somebody else. You know, my, my beautiful daughter-in-law was bent over to change shoes and did something in her back, you know, and, you know, what a hassle. And, and, it's, and with five kids, Lord. And so, you know, back pain and went to a chiropractor here in the church and that was temporary relief and you know did this did that and I, I I prayed for her one Wednesday night as led by the Holy Spirit of God you know any relief was temporary and so finally she just said I hope she doesn't mind me stealing her thunder I, she said to Austin well I guess I'm gonna just have to do what your dad does and confess it out and so she just directed her confession and confessed it out. I don't know how many days it took, but it gone and permanently gone and, and not something that has to be dealt with on an ongoing basis. Amen. See, so, so we read these stories and we, we learn lessons from these stories and thank God for these stories. And, and we learn principles from these stories and we learn patterns from these stories, but we can forget our place. When we read these stories, because see, we're after all of this. We're not those people back then. We're after all of this. And, and, and it's worse than that. He's saying to me, it's worse than that. You know how it's worse than that? Because we are supposed to be for this world out here, what he was to his world back then. That's really what's supposed to be happening. But we got a third of the church pro-abortion. We got a third of the church pro, you know, alternate lifestyle. We got a, we got a third of the church doing, you know, uh, faith shot Sundays. The COVID cult. Uh, and then we got another third. Pastor, that's more than uh, 100%. Well, you know, because some of them are doing too. And we got another third, you know, worshiping a politician. These are all distractions, snipe hunts, unproductive activities, unfruitful activities that will yield nothing. We are to be like, if you can't accept that you are to be one of the 11, then you surely could accept this. You are to be like one of the 72 that he sent out. That's really what we ought to be about. 
So we've left a lot of blessing on the table. And I don't know about you. I was, I was, I was, here's a, here's a third side journey. <laughs> so I'm out there this morning and I said, I said, Lord, I said, you do realize, right? I'm, 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 I'm 67. I said, I'm getting up there. So, but I said, I, I want to do something great for you before I go. I want to do something great for you. And he's so kind and he's so wonderful and he's so gracious. And he said, son, you've already done for me the greatest thing you could ever do for me. And I said, what's that? And he said, produce Austin. So I could say right here, my work is finished. <laughs> but I want to get over that $10 million level. Amen. Giving to God. Amen. And I got some other things I wouldn't mind doing. Fill with compassion. Everybody say it again. Fill with compassion. Fill with compassion. Say it again. Fill with compassion. Fill with compassion. Let it fill your heart. Say it again. Filled with compassion. Fill with compassion. You do realize, right? It's so easy to judge what's going on in this world. We should be filled with compassion. You do realize what's going on, right? When, when, when girls get an evil spirit, one of the things they do is what? It's in the Bible. They cut themselves. You do realize, right, that what's going on now is simply of, uh, an amplification of cutting yourself. Say it out loud. God made me. I'm wonderful. I'm beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So don't cut yourself to try and change what God made. And, and uh, certainly don't allow your children to do that. Fill with compassion. See, we ought to be filled with compassion, not filled with judgmentalism. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man, which <laughs> you understand, when he reached out his hand and touched that man, he violated the law of Moses and he could have been stoned on the spot. And see, that religion was all in the rules. But Jesus came to bring new wine, new ways of doing things, and I want you to also take note, he was not afraid. Jesus was not afraid. They said two, two years ago, that, or three years ago now, that has this, really, has this madness really been going on three years? They said three years ago that Jesus would wear a mask. I doubt that somebody that would reach out their hand and touch a leper, which is a virus, would wear a mask for a rep respiratory whatever. I am willing. Say it out loud. Jesus is willing. Jesus Say it again. Jesus is willing. Jesus is willing. Be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cured. Jesus sent him away once with a strong warning. See that you do not tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. And verse 45, instead, everybody say instead. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in the lonely places. Yet the people came to him from everywhere. 
because I've done three side journeys, I'm not going to read Luke's account, but it's in verse, chapter 5, verses 12 to 16. Let's go to Matthew, Matthew 8, 1 to 4. When he came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A, a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. So there's no fear in Jesus. If there's no fear in Jesus, there should be no fear in us. I am willing, he said. So what is the will of God regarding sickness and disease? Talk to me. What is the will of God regarding sickness and disease? He's willing to heal us. Be clean. Immediately he was cured of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone. Now somebody might say, why, why did he keep saying that? Don't tell anyone. Well, because there would be a crescendo of notoriety. There would be a crescendo of... Uh, Fame, there would be a crescendo of jealousy among the Pharisees, and he didn't want to shorten his time on earth prematurely. He had a date with death. That's why he was born, to die. But he wanted to fulfill as much time as he could in the window of opportunity that he had. Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift, of Mo the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. As a testimony to them. Now these steps are out of the typical order we find in miracles, not just in the New Testament, but also in the Old. But I'm going to give them to you. Step number one, Jesus said it. Matthew 8, 3, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man, I am willing. He said, be clean. Immediately he was cured of his leprosy. So Jesus said something. Now, normally, in most miracles, Jesus, or in the Old Testament, the prophet of God, or in the New Testament, one of the apostles or one of the believers would say something. And normally, the second step is the recipient would take some kind of action. But in this miracle, the steps are out of order. So Step number two is actually normally step number three, and that is the leper received it. The revelation is blinding. Why or how could the leper receive his healing without any action being required? Well, it was a miracle on credit. I said it was a miracle on credit. Verse three, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, his leprosy, immediately he was cured of his leprosy. And then step number three is normally step number two, the leper did it. The leper took action. We saw last week action is required. I said we saw last week action is required. Tell your neighbor action is required. Tell the neighbor on the other side action is required. Verse four, then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. So that was his assignment. So a lot of times people go to a meeting. I don't even know of anybody operating anymore, uh, healing evangelists. But, you know, in the years gone by, people would go to a healing meeting and some famous evangelist would lay hands on them and they would say, praise God, I'm healed. And then a week or two weeks later, they would be so disappointed because whatever they were healed of would come back on them. See, there's a difference between receiving your healing and keeping your healing. And actually, the longer you've been saved, the longer you've been born again, the more responsibility you have 
to take action. Amen. The Bible doesn't tell us everything, but we'll get to a miracle later, the healing of the 10 lepers. And out of the 10 lepers, only one came back to say thank you. I've always wondered what happened to the other nine. You see, we have a part to play. And, and of course, you know, this is the Bernie Sanders generation. Nobody wants to do nothing. They want to sit home, smoke dope, get the check, and, and, and then, uh, you know, God forbid. See, he says, take the gift commanded by Moses. Well, that right there would knock 99% of Americans out of the, out of the block. And they don't, want bad, they don't want to hear about giving no gift. You know, the new thing is not to receive offerings. People are offended by receiving offerings. Well, we're going to receive offerings. It's just the way it is. Get used to it. Amen. Well, people don't like to hear about it. Well, who? Who? God's people? God's, are you, you're going to sit here and tell me God's people don't want to hear about offerings? No. You know who doesn't want to hear about Who doesn't want to hear about offerings? Check with the teenagers. Who doesn't want to hear about offerings? Go ahead and say it. She's laughing too hard. Satan's people. So we're going to change the way we do business. We're going to change the way we structure our services. We're going to change the way we do everything to make Satan's people happy. No way. See, it's, and this is the Bernie Sanders generation. So rather than, than the church teach the principles of God to the culture, the church has allowed the culture to get inside the church. Do nothing. Just a bunch, you know, God, uh, Christians. I mean, how far down has it gone? It has gone so far down now that churches are being built everywhere and there's no pastor. They just play videos. It's amazing to me. I mean, what a racket. No marriages, no funerals, no, you don't have to do nothing. Just play a video and people give money. Or where they don't receive offerings. I don't know how that works. I'm just doing it God's way, the way my fathers in the faith conducted themselves, amen. And I know this, every need's met, every bill's paid. I know that, I know that. I know the blessing of the Lord is on the place, amen. I know that. I know amen. people are being saved, people are being born again, people are being healed, amen. amen. If we'll just do things God's way. So the point is that Jesus gave him this miracle on credit, as it were. But then after the leper received, Jesus gave him homework. You know, I've been doing this so long. They invent new complaints. So about... It was either last fall or I think it was a year ago last fall, our school principal came to us and said... There, there's, they've invented a brand new thing, a brand new complaint. And I'm like, okay, what's this now? They, they don't want homework. And I'm like, you, you got to be kidding me. They spend the money on tuition. They bring their kid to a private school. They, and obviously they wouldn't do that unless they wanted their child to excel in life. And then they, they don't want homework. This is part of a private school experience uh, because we're, we're not preparing these kids to be drug addicts and idle brains and uh, welfare recipients. We're training these kids to be productive in life. Amen. And you know who's in management everywhere? People who do homework. 
I mean, I'm not bragging on the guy. He's kind of a strange liberal, but, you know, one of the richest guys in America, if you just watch what he's doing, he might wake up in Austin and do his work at that factory, then fly to Nevada, and then do work at that factory, and then fly to his other corporate headquarters in San Francisco, and then he's, he's posting stuff at 2 and 3 in the morning. That's homework. Oh, that's just luck. That's just chance. No, 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 no. The more we put our hand to, the more opportunity in life that we'll be blessed. And that's true with Jesus. Well, let me say it this way. That's true without Jesus, but it's even more true with Jesus. That's true without the Word of God, but it's even more true with the Word of God. So like the first miracle of Jesus at, wedding, at the wedding in Cana, Jesus', Jesus instructions didn't make any sense because lepers had to stay outside the camp of Israel, outside of cities. They had to stay away from people. But if perchance they were healed or cured, the law of Moses prescribed that they go and they show themselves to the priest to verify that they had been healed or that they had been made clean from leprosy, but if they approached a priest without being healed or cleansed of leprosy, that in and of itself would be a violation of the law of Moses and they would risk being stoned. So when Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded, he was to the natural mind telling him to actually violate the law of Moses. But Jesus himself, we saw, had already violated the law of Moses by touching the man. And the only way he could have done this, take this action and obey Jesus, was by faith in Jesus' words. And on top of all of that, many, many, many modern Christians could never have received this miracle because of what Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded because they don't believe in giving. Say, ouch. Say, say it more vehemently, ouch. Go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded. Here's my fourth side journey. So, so you go to the doctor and the doctor says, well, you know, you got this and that and come back and see me next Tuesday. Well, you got to pay him. Then you come back next Tuesday and then he says, well, okay, it's a little better, but we got to change your meds. And then by, by the way, the first time you get the, the prescription and you got to go get that filled and, and then it's worse than ever. Everything is just terrible. Because, you know, they can't even fill a prescription for a week or two. And so then you go back to the doctor and he says, well, next week I need to see it two times. I need to see it Tuesday and I need to see it Friday. And we just go, man. We just follow instructions. We just go. Cost, cost money the first time, second time, third time, fourth time. New prescription. We've got to adjust your medicine. That didn't work. And, uh, uh, oh. Then, well, I see. I think we just have to see it one time next week. You go back. You, you do all of this. You follow all of these instructions. But the preacher says, stand here. They get offended. The preacher says, uh, say this out loud five times. They get offended. The preacher, you know, we lay hands on somebody. We say, well, we're going to be teaching on this, the Holy Week Revival, Sunday through Friday. Be here every service. Be here for the day services, teaching on prayer. They get offended.
if we could only put as much faith in our wonderful, beautiful Father as we put in man, we would have no unmet needs and we would not suffer in our bodies at all. Amen. Tell your neighbor, he's willing. Tell the neighbor on the other side, he's willing. But he gave the guy homework. Verse 4, then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Now, why would Jesus say that? Why would Jesus give the leper those instructions? Because the writ because the written word of God they had at that point in time was the Old Testament, and that is what the Old Testament prescribed. So Jesus was still following that Bible that they had in those days. And, and if Jesus had low respect for the word of God, if Jesus had low respect for the, the, the first five books of the law, what we call the Pentateuch, why would he tell this leper or former leper to follow what Moses said to do? We live in the day and age of rebellion. Rebellion is a spirit. It's literally everywhere. Not only do people refuse to follow instructions, they literally get angry with you for giving them any instructions. Years ago, we had an employee get angry when it was suggested to him that when he was on the clock at FCC, he do FCC work and not do personal video blogs. Let me tell you what, the way we run things around here, you're on my nickel, you do what I want. You don't do what I want, you're on your nickel. Amen. Amen. One great big reason people don't receive miracles is they don't follow instructions. A rebel is not going to receive anything from the Lord. If Jesus was willing to follow instructions and tell the leper to do what... To, if Jesus was willing to follow the instructions of Moses and tell that leper, former leper, to do what Moses had prescribed, then the least the leper could do, former leper could do, would be to obey the instructions of the Lord Jesus. You see, Jesus took the law of Moses and told the leper, former leper, what to do based on the law of Moses. So Jesus himself was submitting to instructions. Do you see that? Then he turns around and tells the former leper what to do. One great big reason people don't receive miracles is they don't follow instructions. And step number four, the leper told it. Well, we know he told it to the high priest because Jesus told him to, to go and tell them and to give testimony to them and to offer the gift Moses prescribed but then on top of that, let's go back to Mark's gospel, chapter 1, verse 43. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your, clean, for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter the town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places, yet people still came to him from everywhere. So why did the leper, why did the former leper do this? He, Jesus told him specifically, don't go talk about this. But he couldn't help himself. He couldn't help himself. No matter what Jesus has, had said, he couldn't help himself. He went out and told it. And what does that say about us that we can go about our daily lives and hide the light of our lives under a bushel? Yeah. 
And I'm guilty of it too. The Lord asked me the other day, I was horrified. The Lord asked me the other day, if you really believe what you're teaching and preaching, why wouldn't you tell more people about me? See, we just have lived our lives thinking we got all the time in the world. You cannot look at the news. We, we just had a comet go by. It's never been by in 50,000 years. Got this horrific earthquake in Turkey. We see what's happening now in our public schools. We see what's happening now in our universities. We see what's happening now. I mean, every, every alphabet letter department of the government is totally compromised, totally undependable, acting lawlessly, can't trust any of it. Where's all this leading? And all this money being borrowed? I, I don't see any destination but the book of Revelation, friends. And I know this, be, before here and the serious stuff in Revelation I know this, Father God says in the book of Revelation to John, come up hither. I know that. So there's just not scads of time. It's not like it was. Now, I know young people don't like to hear this because they think, you know, I want to get married and I want to, you know, live a life and I want to have children. And I think that's all great. You know, God bless, because we heard this back in the 70s and think how long ago that was. Because a day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years is, is as a day. God doesn't think about time like we do. To you and me, 20 years is a heck of a lot of time. But to God, it's nothing. So Jesus could come back in 20 years and to God, that's like tomorrow. But it's not to us. But on the other hand, he could come back tomorrow. And you could spend the next seven years with the Antichrist. So being the risk management guy that I am, I play it safe and live like this is the last day every day. Amen. Amen. Live for him wholeheartedly, Amen. not half-heartedly. And Jesus taught about all this in Matthew 6. I don't know why we're surprised. Don't worry about tomorrow. You, you can't control tomorrow. You, there's no point in being worried about tomorrow. You live today. You live for today, today. You live for God today. And tomorrow will take care of itself. And yet, saying all of that, time is short. Because the world's gone totally insane. Now you might say, well, it went this insane under Hitler. Yeah, but they did not have the apparatus in place to stop people from buying and selling. And not only do they have that apparatus in place right now, they're using it. This is all coming out. Our government, those alphabet agencies conspired with social media to cancel people, suppress people. They're already doing it. Airbnbs canceling conservatives. You can't even go rent a house, you know. Who cares, you know. That doesn't affect me at all. I'll go do what I want. I don't need them. But they're not allowing conservatives to do business with them. Uh, PayPal, all of these companies, all, this is all integrated together with technology. They have the ability, and they're using it. And there's only one thing that kept the United States of America from being in Australia or New Zealand the, the past three years. Only one thing. 
the First Amendment didn't help us at all because they worked to suppress that. It wasn't the First Amendment that kept us from being Australia or New Zealand the last three years. It was the Second Amendment. Oh, you're one of those. Well, absolutely, because the second time Jesus sent them out, he told them to carry a sword. And that's the way you've got to see dealing with the devil. I was in a champion builder group yesterday, and I said, suppose somebody breaks into your house in the middle of the night. I said, what are you going to do? One of the guys says, shoot him. I said, absolutely. And I said, and then what if while you're standing there, he gets up? What are you going to do then? He said, I'm going to shoot him again. I said, that's the way you have to treat the devil. You, you work. Colossians 2.15 Galatians 3.13, you run him out. He gets up off the floor. <laughs> you put another slug in him. You understand? Because Jesus has won the victory for us. We do not have to win the victory. Jesus did the work for us. Our job is to hear it, believe it, confess it, and then enforce it on Satan. Because he has no, say it out loud, he has no right. He has no authority over me. Say it again, Satan has no right. He has no authority over me. Amen. He doesn't mean anything. Let's bow our heads. I want to give an opportunity for people to make Jesus their Lord and Savior. And listen, if we're doing our jobs, we'll have people give, making Jesus their Lord and Savior in every service. So that's why we want to make opportunity. Jesus said in John chapter 3, you must be born again. He said in Revelation chapter 3, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. So this is something that is individual, personal, and you can't count on what your grandma did or your mom or any of that. You can't count on having your name on a church roll. You must be. Jesus said you must be born again. How many this morning would say, Pastor Gene, I've never made Jesus Christ my personal Lord and Savior, but I want to do so this morning. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to be forgiven of my sins. And Pastor, I want you to pray with me as we wrap up this service this morning. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. We're going to pray. Pastor, I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to be forgiven of my sins. If that's you, wherever you are, lift a hand up. We're going to pray. There may be others here this morning, and you prayed that prayer at some time in your past, and you meant it when you prayed it. But you've gone backwards. You haven't made forward progress. You've gone backwards. You've gone backwards to the old habits. You've gone backwards to the old friends. You're not living for the Lord like you once did. The Word of God says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank God, thank God, thank God for his compassion. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his loving kindness. So how many this morning would say, Pastor, that's me. I'm away from God. I'm not living for the Lord like I know I should. Pastor, I want to recommit my life to God. I want to live for him from this day to my last day. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up. Lift it up high enough. We're going to pray. 
Let's pray for those that are out watching the service online because there may be folks out there that are watching online and they want to give their lives to Jesus or recommit their lives to Jesus. It's a wonderful thing. Amen. And I'll tell you what I mean it when I say, thank God for his compassion. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God that his mercies are new every morning. Hallelujah. And I've never one time in my life prayed for judgment, but I've often prayed for mercy. Thank God he is a merciful God. Everybody in the room, let's pray together with anybody watching online that would like to make Jesus their Lord and Savior or recommit their life to Jesus. Father God, in times gone by, I've gone my own way. I've done my own thing and I've lived for self. But today I turn my life around. I repent and I give my life to you. I ask you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, to forgive me of my sins. I believe in my heart, Father God, that you raised Jesus from the dead. And I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. Therefore, I thank you, Father God, for not rejecting me, but for receiving me unto yourself and into your family. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Lift both hands and say, thank you, Father God for your compassion. Hallelujah. Remember the two lies I told you Satan always is whipping us with. First off, nobody's ever gone through anything like this. You're the first. And the second is that you're alone. They're both lies. Every temptation, everything we've ever been through is common to man. And we are never alone because Jesus said he'd never leave us and he'd never forsake us. Can I get an amen? Amen.